Welcome to the Amateur Church Podcast, where we pursue excellence in ministry with the right motivation for the sake of love. I'm Pastor Matt, and I'm so thankful that you are on this disciple's journey with me. This week, we have had a full week looking at the first part of the book of Isaiah. And I hope that you've enjoyed it. And what Isaiah, how it begins, continues, and even ends, the key word is worship. And today is our worship episode. Every week on our worship uh, episode, I've got my partner in crime, Brother Terrell Boger. So thankful for him to lead us today. Brother, how are you? Doing well. These weeks are flying by. It <laughs> seems like only yesterday we were doing last week's episode. That, that's exactly right. Hey, uh, is Isaiah just not one of the greatest books on worship? I believe so. Um, this is a book that I've, as I've gotten older, I'm learning to understand it more and more and learning to just treasure it more and more each time I read it. Man, I'm just, I'm blown away every year that I read through it. Um, just how uh, how amazing it is that we get this scene of God in Isaiah <laughs> chapter 6 uh, and, and the angels crying out. And, and Isaiah's first response is, woe is me. Right. And, uh, and I, I talked about that a lot this week, just especially dealing with um, evangelism and how you cannot share the gospel with someone, the good news, until you get them to understand the bad news. Right. We've got to understand. And how, um, well, one of the questions I wanted to ask you about this is, how uh, much does the recognition of sin and confession play into corporate worship and leading worship for you? I think it's one of the central keys. Um, a year or two ago, I, I was listening to a podcast and Matt Redman was on it, and he says every week at his church, he tries to take them to the cross and sing about the cross because in a Christian life, that is the center of what mm-hmm. of who we are. It's, it's Christ died because of what we've done, and his blood covers our sins. And if we don't sing about it each week, I know when you preach, you try to get us to the cross. When we sing, we need to sing about the cross to remind us this is not just a religion like any other. There's something special about it because we have a Savior that did what he did on the cross. And I love Isaiah's response of, woe is me. So when I plan, when I lead worship, I have that moments almost every Sunday of, woe is me. Who am I? What did I do to get to deserve or to get the honor to lead in worship? It's just up. Every week I'm humbled to get to be where I'm at. So so would you say that you're trying to get the congregation to recognize that they're sinful, wretched creatures? Every week. I may not say it like you do, but every <laughs> week. That's why when we sang, Thank You, Jesus, for the Blood, I knew that was going to be our song. Because yeah. the first line was, I was a wretch. <laughs> so so wait a second. Then your, your focus is not to get people to feel good about themselves? Absolutely not. It's to get them to realize who they are in light of Christ and who yeah. He is. Well, and, and that's so important, and, and I really want you to speak to this idea. I've really been thinking about this from Isaiah, is a lot of the modern songs that we have. Now, mm-hmm. now there are several older songs, but a lot yeah. of the modern songs that we have today from certain groups are all all me-centered right. and trying to make me feel better about, you know, about my talents or my gifts or, you know. Um, but you don't choose those songs. No. Unless it has something to do with the sermon, I usually don't. I usually get to the sermon, uh, the sermons, the song, excuse me, and I was just reading one today because of a book uh, I just read a couple of weeks ago, and there's a section in the middle that's heavy about music, and there's a lot of misunderstanding. A lot of the older people think the new music, like you said, is very me-centered, but I was looking at a song called Christ the Sure and Steady Anchor, and it's basically, it talks about we can't do this life on our own. We hold to the anchor 
because it's not going to be moved. We're going to get blown around and moved. He won't. Wow. So it's kind of put us in perspective of we're not in control of this life. And then I was uh, reading another. I just sometimes like to pick up the old hymnals. And this is one from like 1930, and I'd forgotten that it was in there. But hymn number seven is, He Will Hold Me Fast. Oh. Most people don't realize that is a hymn that's over 100 years old. And I just love that hymn because, again, it reminds me, I can't do this on my own. So I give up, I give myself to God, He's going to hold on. I never knew that was a, that was a hymn from... I think it was written in 1907. Wow, that is so good. I, yes. I, I love taking the hymns and modernizing yes. them. Praise God. Um, so so today, as we talk about Isaiah, I, I think really the central focus of, of at least what we've read this week mm-hmm. in Isaiah could be seen in Isaiah 6. Right. Uh, when, when Isaiah goes into the temple. And, and you actually have a song kind of centered on that, yes. correct? Yes. Because when I read uh, Isaiah 6, you said earlier the word holiness. Mm. And um, I say this a lot. One of my favorite hymns, I have like thousands of favorite hymns, but it is, um, you say it all the time. When you say God is not holy, he is not holy, holy, but our God is holy, holy, holy. And that's the hymn uh, like we did last week. I just want to sing it so the words can come out and be the central of what we do. So I'll sing a verse and then I'm going to read the third verse um, and just kind of let the words speak for themselves. So the first verse, if you know it, sing, and it goes like this. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to thee. Holy, holy, Merciful and mighty God in three persons, blessed Trinity. And the third verse says, Holy, 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 though the darkness hide thee, though the eye of sinful man thy glory may not see, only thou art worthy. There is none beside thee, perfect in power and love and purity. Sometimes we forget that the hymns that we sing were first written as poetry, as poems, as prayers. And then other people pick them up and put them to music. And then we have what we have now. And I love that message that sometimes he seems hidden to us, but only God is holy. And um, what we were saying earlier about the centrality of Christ, I, I believe it's my duty and, and my um, responsibility that our music that we sing should theologically be on par with what you're preaching. And I think a lot of worship pastors forget that what we have them sing, what we make the people sing mm. is just as important as what they hear you preach. Wow. I, I, I agree with that. And honestly, uh, as we're going through the series on the book of Leviticus mm-hmm. uh, right now, uh, we're, we're discussing this coming Sunday, uh, the sin offering, and then the following Sunday, the guilt offering. I really think that may be one song we need to sing. I love the song, Holy, Holy, Holy. Well, as we close out our episode today, we've got this Hey, Check This Out moment where we give you our resource of the week. And so, Brother Terrell, what what is your resource of the week? Well, since we talk about Isaiah worship a lot, um, I was the type of kid in school that always asked why. Why do we do this? Why this? Why that? Well, this book... um, 
think I got a year or two ago, and I believe you've read it already, called Corporate Worship by Matt Merker. Oh, yes. And it just talks about why we do the things we do, um, why is it important, and kind of, I mean, that's, that's the important thing. People don't, maybe not realize that I do that. I ask all the time, every week, why? Why this song? Why this order? Um, and it's always because what we sing is in the Bible. What we sing needs to be centered on Christ. And what we need to sing points us to Him and not to ourselves. So corporate worship, the subtitle is How the Church Gathers as God's People. Oh, that's that's a good book and a good resource. I would encourage you. It's really small, uh, and, and you could uh, learn a lot about uh, Brother Terrell and his job and the weight of responsibility he has in that. Uh, and your response in corporate worship. Uh, my resource of the week is a book called The Telling the Truth, Evangelizing Postmoderns. And the reason I chose this is this was uh, a required reading for a class that I did on apologetics. And and now when I teach apologetics to college students, this is one of the one of the books I require. Uh, when Isaiah is told, it is when God asks, "Whom shall I send? Who will go for us?" And Isaiah says, "Here am I, send me." God says, "Okay, you're going to go." And we usually stop right there, but we don't right. read farther. I, I, I said that this week, that we don't really go much past that verse. But God actually says, okay, your ministry is going to be to tell the truth, and people aren't going to listen to you. Tell the truth, and they're going to try to argue with you. Tell the truth, they're going to get mad and even try to kill you. And tradition tells us that Isaiah was actually sawn in two. And, uh, and it's because he preached the truth of God. And this book takes several different authors. I mean, I, I believe there are about 20 to 25 different contributors to this. Uh, D.A. Carson is the general editor putting all these together. But there are so many apologetic issues with, uh, with postmodernism. One of my favorite um, is chapter 5 by James Sire. Why should anyone believe anything at all? And if you've ever struggled with... Why should we believe in Jesus and why our belief should be better than anybody else's belief? Um, chapter 5 is an awesome uh, awesome uh, chapter that. But I would encourage you, Telling the Truth, D.A. Carson's the editor of that. Corporate Worship, Matt Merker. Uh, grab these books, add them to your library, or come and, and come see us and we would gladly let you uh, borrow... Uh, as long as you return it back, uh, the these books, great resources. Any last words? Just remember to keep God uh, in the right priority, that he is uh, the first priority, and things kind of start falling into place after that. That's right. When you see God for who he is, you recognize who we are, and then we know our need for our Savior, Jesus Christ. And he is a good, good Savior. We love you. We're praying for you. Stakes in the ground. <laughs>